Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Welcome to The Prestige, a podcast for people who love movies, by people who love movies. I am one half of the presenters on this podcast. I'm academic type. I'm a teacher and writer and I've lectured in universities, I've taught in schools, so I currently teach um, literature at a sick film college and I know the ins and outs of the more sort of theoretical ideas about film. And the other half of the presenters is Rob. Um, Rob, one of his many, I think it's called a portfolio career now, but one of of his many careers took place in the film industry, so he spent a good 10 years knowing exactly how things work from a more practical perspective. And the idea is that we take a new film each week and we look at that in depth from our differing viewpoints. And we have various things to say about the themes and ideas contained in that film. Um, we are currently going through a sub-season of Disney films and their live-action adaptations. More on that in a bit. But we always start each episode with more on what we've been watching. So, Rob, what about you? In our ongoing lifestyle of watching films, watching things well after people say we should watch them, um, Mm. I have caught up on Ted Lasso, which is a Apple Plus uh, original TV series starring Jason Sudeikis as an American football coach who gets hired by a British premiership team and brings his uniquely American take on sports to uh, Richmond AFC. This was originally born as a series adverts, I think for NBC Sports, some sort of American channel. It was originally pictures of like, adverts for them and it's evolved into this show and I finished the whole season in like three days and it is just hands down one of the best TV shows I've seen in a long time. It is wonderfully funny, sweet. It's part of a sort of TV sitcom tradition that's kind of getting known I've heard it's called The New Kindness it shows like Parks and Rec it shows like um, this that are about the power of kindness and being kind it's the both the reaction to the otherwise popular cringe TV shows and the ones a bit more acerbic and misanthropic this is very much not that it is a celebration of being nice and being kind and caring um, which makes it sound far I don't know, woollier than it is, but it's an absolutely brilliant show. I won't say any more because it's worth seeing, but it's, yeah, absolutely brilliant. What about you, Sam? Well, i just been trawling through Netflix, as people then do. I have discovered that I really like Jason Statham. Who doesn't? Well, yes, but... I just found a film that should have been rubbish, and yet, because it had Jason Statham in it, it was immediately watchable. 
So this week I'm watching well I'm I'm still watching, I'm halfway through a film called film film from twenty thirteen called Parker about um uh, a criminal with a conscience, effectively, played by Jason Statham and he works with other criminals who have um not quite such highbrow ideals as he does. Mm-hmm. Um it's a fairly predictable storyline and everything is entirely C plus about the film, but Jason Jason Statham is just brilliant and I can't get enough of him. So that was my recommendation this week. I think, I think I've seen it, but that comes the large asterisks of a lot of those films are quite not forgettable, but they emerge, but he's always good value to watch. Yes, and this is quite a forgettable film. I'm not saying this is a great film, but he he's just brilliant. As Sam said at the start there, we are doing a sub-season, a mini-season, looking at Disney remakes. And this week we have reached only oh, two years ago now, uh, 2019's The Lion King. Life's not fair, is it, my little friend? While some are born to feast, others spend their lives in the dark. Begging for scraps. Everything you see exist together in a delicate balance. While others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he can give. Run away, Simba. And never return. Take your place in the circle of life. Lion King, as with its original version, is the tale of Simba, a lion princeling, I suppose, who, through the machinations of his uncle, is exiled and runs away from the Pride Lands following the death of his father, who, in time and via various inventions, realises his destiny in terms of protecting his family, protecting his homeland, and overthrowing his now despotic uncle, Scar, who returns to those playing pride lands and dispatches the hyenas who are the foot soldiers of his uncle and the uncle himself now sam this is a very different take from the original version how was it for you um i mean you said there's a very different take i just i can get away from the fact that 
it in to to a large extent felt very much like a shot for shot remake and i just thought why do we need this mm-hmm. like, i think and i've talked about this before we have differing opinions about it but i think beauty and the beast the the remake brought something new to the cartoon um and whether or not you enjoyed what it did, I, I felt it was a different film for that. Um, I just didn't see the point in this. It felt very much like exactly the same film. Um, having said that, I did like bits of this. I did like um, ways in which this film diverged from the original um, it developed some things like that there are more hyenas that are more um, oppressive sets about the hyenas who are sort of sort of a comic foil to Scar in, in the original and here they become something really menacing and more akin to I mean the relationship between lions and hyenas in the wild um, and they, they're presented more as predators um, yes, yeah, so I did think this was uh, there were ways in which this developed the original, but I didn't feel this did it enough. And although there was, I, I would single out Beyonce's performance as Nala as as really good. I just, I mean, there are moments that I just thought, well, Beyonce's new song with when Simba decides to return, it just felt like that could have been an extended music video and I'd have been quite happy with that because she's great and the song's great, but could we just have that in isolation? I don't want the rest of the two hours. How did you feel? I would say my overarching emotion while watching this was boredom. I think... Okay, let's start with the good. I think that the technical prowess on the show is frankly outstanding i think the visual effects teams and the visual effects sort of work being put in here to make this look photorealistic and it does look photorealistic is outstanding even between something like jungle book which we reviewed a couple months ago the remake of that was obviously also photorealistic but this it's a different level the level of the hairs on the um lions and the landscapes it's beautiful. And if someone told me this, showed me these shots and told me this is stills from Africa, I'd be like, I believe you. That's beautiful. Mm. The problem was by making that switch, this hyper realism, this hyper realistic approach to this movie, it lost all of the color of the original and all of the joy of the original. Mm. The first one, it's all painted in bright reds and yellows. And it's a movie about singing animals. Like it's, it's meant to be over top. I think about the, uh, Scar's villain song, which in the original is like shoots of green fog and liquid and like these weird, like, like almost like Nazi-esque images of the hyenas marching in lines. And that's all thrown away in favor of like murky songs in one sort of hollow. And I get like it, the realism is outstanding. It looks that after a while you stop thinking you're seeing cats, you start to see lions and animals doing this stuff. But it just made the whole thing really, I don't know, beige. So many mm. shots are a slightly arid landscape with a beige. And the reason why lions are the colour they are is because they blend into the background to hunt. Like, that's that's the evolutionary track that got them there. And it meant that watching like this was just a bit, it's just a bit dull. 
and all of the things, all the magical elements of the original and all of these like heightened mythical elements of the original were just kind of shied away from. And it meant characters like Rafiki, who were anarchic and crazy in the original and become kind of dull and one note here. And even Timon and Pumbaa, who are nominally the comic relief, just kind of become other characters and aren't that. And I just felt like it lost so much. It's a, It looked amazing. I, I just I genuinely can't fault the creation. And I've been involved in visual effects in many films, some very high budget stuff. And like, this is amazing work. Like the teams who put this film together, they made it look good. It's outstanding. And like, this is where we get into like, is this a live action movie? It's probably not. It's almost entirely mm. animated. Um, but it's in the live action sort of remake side of our coin. But yeah, I was just, I was just bored. I was just bored yeah. by a lot of it. And I think a lot about, you say it's a shot for a remake and certainly a lot of the opening sequence was, absolutely was. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about the, the opening actually in particular. But if you told me to name a shot from this movie, can't say I could. Hmm. Can't see any shots that I'm not, I'm thinking, oh, I, I remember the original shot and then their version of it. But outside of that, none of the shots have any kind of punch to them or remembering to them compared to the original one where there are so many shots that are beautiful. And this just felt, yeah, it just felt like they dialed down the colours, which they would with this realism. But I think it lost a lot in that transfer. I think one of the really effective things, and it goes back to that use of colour, is the way the colour contrast is used in the first one because you've got this bright, happy landscape at the beginning, circle of life, and then Scar takes over, and, and it's entirely, it's sort of greyed out, it's a washed out landscape, and when Simba comes back to it, you, you with him think, oh my god, what's happened, this is completely different. Whereas when Simba came back this time, I just thought, well, this looks the same, like all fairly arid landscapes in the savannah look similar. Mm. Oh, am I supposed to be seeing this as a wasteland now? Oh, I see. See, it, it just didn't didn't have that emotional impact for that reason. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that it lost that because the original one is so mythic in many ways. It's about ghost lions in the sky and this circle of life here and all of that and like this this one it just lost that um mm. and i think also i mean to I mean, that's obviously sort of emotional right to it but as a bit of as a text of a movie text it also it lost something in it and like there's a real element of like i don't know what the word for it is but kind of like for want of a better word lion supremacy that in the first one, the circle of life was a genuine thing that kind of you felt and was felt by the characters. Like, yes, the lion's at the top of the food chain, but it was expressed a lot that that's a cycle. Whereas mm. the remake seemed to, at times, A, openly mock that, and B, it by doing what a lot of these live-action ones have done, which is try to explain some of the things that weren't explained in the original. And they talk about how the hyenas will eat they're never full. They'll, they'll eat the It's like you're inherently saying that, like, that lions are better to rule than hyenas. Mm. And there's this weird supremacy thing going on there. I don't know, you know, maybe it's yeah. segregation yeah. or ethno supremacy, but there was a weird, weird kind of take 
on the inherently the, the film believes inherently this animal is worse than this animal. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And actually, I mean, thinking about the politics of the hour, I'm not a, a thimbologist, I don't know enough about it, but I do know that hyenas aren't scavengers. Hyenas are predators, just like lions are. And actually, lions are just as likely to pick up on another's kill and scavenge as hyenas are. Because one of they one of the things they do is hunt. One mm. of the things they, they do is act as predators. And yeah, you're right, the the film seemed to be saying, Well, actually lions are much better than hyenas. It's not realistic, but it is like it just the film ejects all of that realism. Or all of that mythical nature and all that kind of storytelling mystical element of the original and yeah. In favour of this, and as I say, as I said, I said throughout this whole mini season, a lot of these movies, as you said, want for a reason to exist, but also seem to try and readdress what people had with the first one, the issues they had. So, Beauty and the Beast tries to explain things like why didn't they remember and all that sort of stuff, and these movies try and fill in the gaps that the producers see from the originals, mm. and. This, as I say, it tried to, it beefed up the character of Shenzi. It tried to explain why they didn't like the hyenas and stuff. Like that. But it's a movie. We're looking to be told a story. Like it's not a documentary. I'm not looking for every movie to answer every question for me. And I think, as I've said many times, there's this problem we have these days. A lot of film criticism where we look to something the film doesn't explain as a plot hole. Mm. Yeah, and it just just because a film doesn't tell you how that happened doesn't make it a plot hole. And so the film not telling us why they didn't like hyenas in the Pride Lands isn't a plot hole. It's just it's just part of the movie. We just, at some point you have to accept that the movie says these things are true and you move on with that. Yeah. And these films always, I feel, seek to explain the thing that someone on internet message someone said, well, what about this? What's that? Just, you know, it, it's the, yeah. the internet Twitter thing. But... Yeah, it was it was disappointing. I think, as I said with all these films, in many ways, the high of the original film makes the drop-off worse. Yeah. So whereas Jungle Book, which I was never... Like, it's a good film, but I was never like hard Quentin Jungle Book, meant the switch to the remake was a pleasant enough journey. Whereas for this one, because like, The Lion King is so... It's so good. Yeah. This yeah. one, like, the drop feels harder. And I think... What sort of encapsulates that is, you know, when um, I don't know quite the word for it, but after the the title sequence, the sort of the the title comes up and slams against the screen. You got the Lion King comes out of nowhere. Mm. In the original, whatever that is, that sort of hard, hard. Move into the German score. The crash zoom. Yes, crash zoom. Yes, that's it. Right. So crash zoom in, into the title. In the original, that felt perfectly fine because, like, you're never going to think this was a nature documentary, like you're saying, because this is an animated film, evidently, and all the crash zoom is doing is just reminding you that, oh yes, this is called the Lion King. In, in this film, that felt really weird. Because of, 
like what you were saying, like this sort of almost hyper realistic. I mean, the every single hair is focused on. It's it was kind of almost Attenborough esque documentary footage, and then suddenly there was this this crash scene that reminded you that this was a film, and it just felt that just felt a bit abrupt, and I didn't like that. No, I agree. Is that this hyper-realistic take on the movie means that any filmic technique is going to stand out. Because like, if you watch something like, I don't know, Animal Planet or anything Dave Attenborough, there's a certain language to those movies. There's a certain language yeah. to that TV show where we don't have big dolly moves or camera shots or visual effects because you're trying to present reality. You're trying to present a documentary appearance. So with this, I think you're right, that kind of element of big bombast the element of a filmic trope or filmic techniques where you're reminded you are watching a fiction movie is really against the grain of the movie that it's so hard to go here's reality in that respect this doesn't work i'm reminded actually of other films that i suppose came out a bit earlier than this but the sort of the hyper-realistic parts of films like The Hobbit. Mm. You just thought, well, yeah, but I I don't... I remember seeing the 3D parts in The Hobbit and thinking, well, yeah, so what this... I mean, you're not going to fool me into thinking this is actually New Zealand, this is actually a real place, because we all know this this is CGI. There's something a little bit disappointing about it. Mm. It's just that it's that disconnect from what yeah. a film's trying to be, or what the film is telling you it is, and sometimes what it does. And yes, I, I mean this isn't to say films can't be more than one, <clears throat> can't be more than one thing. And there's certainly some power in a juxtaposition of style and content. Many films do that very well. But this one here, because it's so hard. It's not just it's not just realism. It's that real hyper-realism. Like it, it's so, so detailed and so clearly and carefully done to make this look as real as it possibly can. You've got to see that through. Otherwise, you're always going to have a disconnect. I did say, I want to say before we finish, actually, there's something... I don't know if it was in the original. There was a really nice nod to Beauty and the Beast. Yes. When when Timon and Pumbaa are leaving off the hyenas, it's it, Timon gesturing to Pumbaa and inviting him to eat him and saying, be our guest, before he gets chased. I, I did really like that. See, that was one of those things that I was unsure to that, because this is where I think sometimes, with all these films, they can't exist by themselves. Like This film... At times, doesn't make sense without the original. So their song earlier, when he, when the the original film, Timon interrupts Pumba when he's about to say "farted" in one of the songs, mm. and here they don't stop him. And like that joke only works if you've seen the original. Yes, and it it felt it, like what you were saying about liking one and a half last week. It that felt like the sort of metafilmic reference that you expect in something like like in one half and it felt a bit mm. strange and, yeah. uh, I, I, I very much enjoyed the joke of um, the Beauty and Beast song but at the same time it was something like that only makes sense if you understand that this is a fictional Disney film yes. well, that, that, yeah that only makes sense in that world and like 
I can see how it got there. And if I think it hadn't been as a realistic a movie, that would have really landed as a lovely little nod. You know, cause in the original, there's a lovely bit when um, Zazu is uh, locked up and he sings, It's a Small World, yeah. which is a earworm of a song from the parks. Like, no, from the, from the, and that works because it's like, it's that style. The here, I really wanted that to hit better than it did. That song, actually, when they did it on stage, he kept picking different songs. He just, it was always an mm. earworm of a song. But th- that was like a, a comic moment around surrounding that thing. Absolutely. Do you have some recommendations for Sam? couple, both of them related to actors this week. I thought Donald Glover is always worth a mention, and he was very good in Solo, a Star Wars story. And this, I don't remember your feelings on this, Rob. I remember at the time this was not, well... As with so many Star Wars films nowadays, it's not universally loved and there are always people with problems with it. Um, I happen to find this good fun. Um, and I I wasn't really expecting to enjoy it and I, it just happened to come up on stream, streaming service a couple of years after it came out. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought Ornerick was very good. I thought Woody Harrison was very good and um, ron howard not always brilliant direction but he he seemed to be on, on good form here so yeah i really enjoyed solo how did you how did you feel about it solo it was better than rogue one <laughs> but that's not a high bar to clear i remember vaguely enjoying it but being a much bit like well i've seen that and i'm never watching it yes. again yeah it was it was it was fun and if it had been an episode of a TV series, I'd be like, that was a good episode. But I think for the big screen outing of Solo, yeah, it, it, it was fine. I, I, I remember, like you, I've seen it once. I've never seen it again. And I have no real interest no. in seeing it again. Like even Rogue One, which I'm on record of deeply hating, I'm probably going to watch again because people love it so much. I need to read mm. it. Whereas Solo, I'm like, I just, yeah, it's fine. It was I just fine. I think... Solely benefited for me from just as I said being on a streaming service, so I could watch it at home mm. and on the TV, and that's fine. There are certain films that you really have to experience in the cinema, and you quite want to go back, and you get drawn back. But I was just fine with watching this at home. It was, I suppose. I mean, he's not in it, but going back to the beginning, it's it, kind of like a Jason Statham film. It's just like. Yeah, okay, that was fun. That was a good watch. I'm never going to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my second recommendation this week is another act link to Jared for who I really like as an actor, and he was on top form in Stephen Queen's 12 Years a Slave, which I was horrified to learn this now, eight years old, but there we go. Those are my two recommendations this week, Solo and 12 Years a Slave. Fair enough, fair enough. I've gone for one directorial and one themic. So John Favreau directed this, and I think sometimes I feel it's a bit of a shame because I think he's a very good director when he wants to be. He does very good work with Marvel. Uh, he did great work with Chef. Um, but I wanted to recommend a film he didn't actually direct but wrote and starred in, um, and that's the 1996 movie Swingers. I've probably... 
repped this film a few times on the show. Um, but it's him and Vince Vaughn in very, very early roles as two LA hipster actors and their love lives and friendships in that era. It's very much of that new Hollywood style of things like clerks and slackers and that kind of style movie. Uh, but with an element of panache, an element of style, uh, Vince Vaughn, I don't think's ever been better possibly um than he is in this um and it's just it's a real snapshot of that time of that culture and it speaks to a really specific voice um but i think he's very good in it and uh, john favreau helped write it my second one is a film from 1955 i think it is 1955 um called the african lion this is a disney production it's a Disney, Disney nature film. Disney nature are the arm of Disney that make nature documentaries. If you're on Disney Plus, you'll see there are loads of animal documentaries on there. And this is on there. And this is a real lion documentary. It's filmed over about three years in uh, various places all across Africa. Um, and it's about the lions who live there and their relationships and what they get up to. And this... I'm not saying it's a better version than Lion King. It's a very different thing. But as a Disney film about realistic lions, this is actually real lions. It is very, very good in that kind of Dave Attenborough style of Disney movies. If you haven't seen it, and most people haven't, because Disney don't seem to push their nature documentary well, it's well worth seeing. It's well checking out, and they've done a lot more, and they are still making them. It's still an arm that Disney has to make these documentaries, um, and they are constantly chilling them out. So, guys, next episode, we're going to be jumping back a few years, jumping back 20 years, 21 years, um, to the late 90s, to 1998's Mulan. Till then, guys, you can find me online at Kaiju FM. You find me by sending an email to prestigefilmpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find the show itself at Prestige Podcast. And we'll be back here in two weeks' time.